Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Five point three FM HD two. Oh, good luck with that. This is Tom Fitzmaurice with the second chorus of the the second. No, yeah, yeah, yep. second. That's only two. The second ahead. one, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, of our show here, talking about the food scene around New Orleans in every way. And I tell you that every time we get on the air and I start telling you how we will cover any culinary matter that is thrown in our path, and we have just done that again. Oh, we're about and to do that with someone who we're swift, we're switching now, Dorina, from Thanksgiving, which is a traditional American holiday. Mm, since you know holiday. nothing about that because you oh. are from Ireland, <laughs> we're going to talk now For about sake. Irish food. I guess is it Irish food? Um, well, it's we, uh, we live in Ireland and we um, uh, we serve, of course, Irish food, wonderful traditional Irish food, but also we serve. So it's global yeah. cuisine, as everyone yeah. is doing. Yeah. Our guest is Dorina Allen, and she is billed as the Julia Child of Ireland. So you are you run the Ballymaloe Cookery School. That's right. Where where is Ballymaloe? Ballymaloe is oh, Cork. Uh, it's in, uh, in Cork. It's about it's in East Cork, about uh, thirty five minutes outside the city. Yeah, right down on the coast. And uh, it's not just a cooking school. There's also a country house hotel. And it, the, the school is actually in the middle of a farm. Mm. Mm. Okay. Is this is this where you're from? I mean, is this um, like your no, family? Ori originally, I came from the uh, Midlands of Ireland, a county leash, a little tiny village I was brought up in, in the mid and called Callahill in County Leash. And then I, after I uh, went to hotel school in, in uh, Dublin, I heard about Bamaloo and came down there. I see. Okay. And this is your 19th book? This is my 19th book. Uh, yes, this one is called One Pot Feeds All. I'm a serial <laughs> offender at this stage. Yeah. This, folks, I wish, uh, you know, I always say that I wish we had a webcam mainly to get the, the dirty looks that our board op gives us. It would be funny for everyone. But in this case, I wish we had a webcam so that you could see how beautiful this book is. And even the pamphlet that you just gave me <laughs> is gorgeous. So I don't know who does your layouts and all, but it's, well, that's it's actually, really... Actually, the people who did that got a design award for it last year. It's absolutely gorgeous. You, you just little... about have to be, because uh, if you do a, a, a book it's these days beautiful. about any subject... It better look good or else you're not going to exactly. sell anything. Yes, in That's the totally Instagrammable true. world, it has to look good. <laughs> good. And, and this does, in fact, mm. look really good. So, all right, so how did you get started? 
Well, now, um, see, I'm um, at this stage, I'm 71, even though I feel 80 inside. I know. But mm, when, yeah. I was, uh, 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 when I was a child and, and my parents decided they'd send me to boarding school because uh, uh, there wasn't a particularly good school near us. So I went to, I was educated by the Dominican con- nuns uh, in Wicklow, um, south of Dublin, Ireland. I know Ireland. exactly where that is. Do That's you? by the Powers Court Hotel. That's right, exactly. And the Dominican nuns were very vi- considered to be very visionary nuns and they were encouraging us girls because it was only girls, of course, at that time to have a proper career, uh, to do architecture or law, the sciences or <coughs> medicine or whatever. And this is at a time when uh, still many women would have stayed at home and, and looked after their families and rather than having a career. So they were considered to be very visionary. But all I wanted to do really is um, I, I just wanted to either cook or a garden. They were the only two things I knew anything about for my home. Well, they go together. My mother was, I'm the eldest of nine children actually, and my mother loved to cook. How lucky were we? And she absolutely knew the importance of putting good food on the table. As she used to say, if you don't put the effort and whatever into the food on the table, you'll give it to the doctor or the chemist. Or I think you're what you call yeah. the pharmacy over here. And so she, and this was her way of showing love and everything as well. So we had a kitchen garden and we had a house cow and we had, of course, our own chickens and a eggs house and cow. Yes. What a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we drank, of course, we all drank raw milk, yeah. and uh, which is so nourishing and so delicious and all of that. Uh, so really, that was my uh, childhood and my norm. And uh, uh, but then, uh, so all I, uh, the nuns who were trying to encourage us to have a real career, uh, were disgusted with this. Uh, wait, because wait, wait, wait. Go back. It is a real career, what you just said. Of course said. it is. Of course <laughs> it is. But at that stage, yes. my lovely nuns, and I'm not saying this in any derogatory way, had great ambitions for us. And I mean, they, they but you, uh, and the sort of not even subliminal message was, well, you're never going to need that, my dear. You're going to have somebody to cook for you, you know, and so on. And it, it, so basically at that time, and it's still the same in education, it's really quite a serious problem that the basically the main emphasis in education is on the STEM subjects, you know, science and maths and all of that. And so, you know, generally the kind of feeling is, well, if you're not, you can't do any of that, well, then maybe you could cook or you could go to hospitality <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, which, uh, and, and so basically... Basically, you know, I'm just a a little aside. When I went to boarding school, really, I had absolutely no ambition to be a career woman or any of that. Uh, Basically, all I wanted was to try and find a nice chap, uh, preferably preferably with a bit of money that I could marry. And then we'd have a few cute little kids and I'd have picnics. So a career wasn't even on the thing. But anyway, when I insisted, continued to insist that I wanted to either cook or garden, they said, well, okay, my dear, it has to be a degree in (laughs) horticulture or else it has to be hotel management. So I decided on hotel management, went to Carl Brewer Street in Dublin, one of the, the the really famous hotel schools in Ireland. Only got in on the second count, actually, but um, because <laughs> in the uh, entrance exam, uh, I had never seen a um, uh, IQ test before. And there's a technique in doing those IQ tests, you know, putting all those little triangles into boxes. And so anyway, I, I was completely mesmerized by this. So I didn't get in on the first count, but I got in on the second count, went there. And uh, at the end of my uh, management course, there was the same problem of what to do now. And you see, at that time, you're much, uh, maybe too young to remember. Uh, but basically, men were chefs and women 
um, you know, just were, had tea shops or something like that. And I couldn't. I want. I still wanted to cook. I, everybody, you know, I, I, and but I couldn't get into one of the top restaurants in Dublin or a top hotel. And at that stage in Ireland, in the late 60s, you could certainly have counted the top restaurants with one hand and maybe have a finger or two left over. But I couldn't get into those kitchens. Men were chefs. That was it. And so I just coming very close to the end of the course, I I met everybody else in my class pretty much had a job as an assistant manager in one of the top hotels like the Shelburne or the Russell or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I met one of the senior lecturers in the corridor and she said to me, why haven't you had a job yet? Everybody else has got a job. And I said, well, I really want to cook and I can't get into and I want to learn how to make homemade ice cream and pâtés and soufflés, all the things that sounded very exotic in the 60s. And I wanted to learn more about fresh herbs and things. And so she said, she told me I was too fussy. Oh, I couldn't tell me like the others. But anyway, uh, she then said, well, funny, I had dinner the other night with a friend of mine and they were talking about this extraordinary woman uh, in County Cork who has uh, opened a restaurant uh, in their own house, a big old country house out in a farm, uh, you know, out in the country, miles away from the city. And uh, they, she writes the menu every day, uh, depending on what's in season and what's in the garden and what lovely fish comes in from. There's a fishing village close by there called Ballycotton, and she, you know, she writes the menu every Did day. Did you expire and, with delight? And, when you and heard they this? have a herb garden. They have a two-acre wall garden. They've got a herb garden there, and they grow all their own vegetables, and they have their own pork, and they make. She makes homemade ice cream from the Jersey, the cream of their Jersey. Uh, cows and I just couldn't believe my ears. It was like <laughs> all the boxes being ticked, and here. and I said, "Oh, that that sounds exactly right." And she couldn't remember her name, oh, no. so she went off and she came back a few days later with a piece of paper and she handed me the piece of paper and she said, "That's the name of the woman. Write to her." And the name on the piece of paper was Myrtle Allen, who uh, later became my mother-in-law. So I became the ah. a member of the family by the simple expedient of bar- marrying the boss's sons. So that's how it's you done. You did it all in one uh, fell swoop. And you the got rest. Your- the Guy rest is history. Your job at the same time. <laughs> exactly, and I often say nowadays, when you know, when I was saying earlier that you know, being uh, uh, learning how to cook, because it was years before there were celebrity chefs or yeah, anything right, sure, like that. Right. Um, and but the you know, with that, I often say now with that one skill, which was considered to be absolutely of no value or certainly of lesser value, uh, I've had a very interesting life. I've travelled all over the world. I've you know had the opportunity to pass on the skills to many many other people and when you teach somebody how to cook it's like giving them a gift for life you know if you teach somebody how to make a loaf of bread or how to make soup or a wonderful casserole or something it's gonna it, it touches their everyday life it's a quality of life touches your soul yes sure. and also you know it's what memories are made of so uh, but anyway I could have been teaching maths or geometry or something they're very interesting but it's you can't eat a maths book really you know it's, <laughs> it's a fundamental thing of life itself Yes. Tom, you look like you're about to say something. Go ahead. No, you're not. Yeah. All right, two six zero six three six eight. Darina Allen is very interesting. So if you would like to talk to her, <laughs> we're going to let you do that. So call up if you have a question for her. I have gazillions of them myself, but if you would like to, uh, please give us a call two six zero six three six eight. Before we forget, let us tell you about New Orleans hamburger and seafood. Yes, the New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company does what I always wished some hamburger place would get together, uh, and that is to take fresh ground beef, the best that they can find. They 
grill it over a really hot fire. This puts a crust on the outside that I find ex- uh, exhilarating. But also uh, they take another step with it, and it's juicy and wonderful in the center. Good little side dishes. And this is just the hamburgers I'm talking about. They've barbecue shrimp, a few other specialties. But then you have all of the seafood that they refer to, and you're going to get that pretty well uh, put together as well. Because uh, what you start off with, the uh, again, the hamburger. Now you have is, the, the grill, not the grill, no, but you have the fried, the f- cooked to order. What, that's what I was working up to is the... Uh, is what you get out of the the seafood aspect of this. And again, <laughs> it's uh, done to order, crispy, no grease or anything like that. New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company, they have 10 locations around town. They would love to have you come in for any of them. And uh, they also oysters. have charcoal broil, broiled yeah. oysters uh, for the first time in, uh, well, I think ever could well, be recent. for them. It's all recent. Yeah. New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood, 10 locations around town. Go see them. Ron, let's take a break right now before we get back into talking to Darina uh, because we're just going to start going again and just keep just keep chatting. So I don't want to break again. Let's go ahead and take the break right now. 260-6368 if you have a question or would like to talk to our guest, Darina Allen, who is the Julia Child of Ireland. back it's the second course of the food show or is it the third which, which one are we up to would uh, you the like second one. the yes, second the second okay second uh second chapter of the food show i'm tom fitzmorris uh marianne is here hi and uh, we have a a unique guest who has a unique uh a wonderful career uh, yeah a, a a terrific career and uh and a great cookbook uh, and maybe more than one. It's how many cookbook. have have you done more than uh, one? Uh, the, well, the, this cookbook that I have here on the contract she is called "One Pot Feeds All," and it won't be <laughs> won't be published here in America until uh, February, actually. Ah. But, uh, <coughs> many, this is my nineteenth cookbook, uh, but wow, ma- uh, many of great. my other cookbooks, uh, including "Forgotten Skills" and "Grow Cook Nourish" and the Ballymaloo Cookery Course, they're all uh, published, of course, over here as well and uh, available still on Amazon, all of that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, Her name is Darina, D-A-R-I-N-A, Darina Allen, and you should definitely look her up because I am sitting here talking to her and I just, I... I love her exuberance. I can <laughs> tell that your life is wonderful in Ireland. Well, touch you wood. clearly mm. enjoy everything <laughs> that you're doing, and I'm sure all that love and passion goes into every one of those books. So I'm looking at this book, One Pot Feeds All, and I can tell you it's a gorgeous book. <laughs> and I'm sure there are plenty more where that came from. If all 19 of them look like that, I would <laughs> highly recommend that you get one of them. Well, my, my food is, my cooking is very simple, you see, but you need really, you need to find really good ingredients. Uh, and in this one, I wrote this one, actually dedicated it to all the really busy, heroic young people who are trying to keep all the balls in the air, you know, dashing home from work to the traffic, you know, trying to pick up the kids in the crèche, running into the supermarket, and then knowing how important it is to put something nourishing and wholesome and delicious on the table. I don't know um, if they do that in Ireland, but they don't do that in America, and they go pick it up at the supermarket. Well, there's some, some people do. Some mm. people do. Mm. But this one, you literally can take one, your one pot, your one casserole, your one roasting tin, put lots of good things on it, toss it around in some lovely extra virgin olive oil or something, a few little fresh herbs, pop it into the oven, and then um, you have a little glass of something, uh, chat with the kids, 
and then put it in the centre of the table, everybody tuck in. And sort of sitting down around the kitchen table, I know everybody's busy, but this is something that's really worth it's hanging important. on to. It's really, important. I mean, even if you're only arguing, you're keeping the lines of communication <laughs> open, it's very important. Well, let's hope that you and don't spend the few minutes are made a day of. that you have <coughs> arguing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just shocked her off the air. I've always said that... Um, mm that the best conversations on a radio show actually take place while we're in a break and it's us in the studio yeah, chatting and talking true. about things that you can't really say on the air but i managed to shock darina uh by saying that i don't eat when i go over there that the food in in uh, all of europe is quote too real for me because in america all of our food is diluted and processed and so far away from its origin this is not a good thing i'll grant you it's not a good thing it's more of a I think it's it's actually a function of how big America is. You know what I mean? Yes, but you know, there's there there. I mean, I know there's that, but there's fantastic food over here too. And the more and more, there's a real growth in uh, small farmers. I mean, yes, it's actually that is a new, but that's going a back. New thing. That's it's a, a new thing, thing. And I've already I've only been in New Orleans since this morning. I came in uh, mm. close to to noon. I had a delicious. Um, sort of brunchy lunch with real food, really delicious food. Out, I think it was called Molly's Rise and Shine. Is that right? Um, uh, it was. Uh, it, it was really, really good. And it's um, a sister restaurant, I believe, of another restaurant that uh, makes wonderful sandwiches. That was voted. Uh, was oh, mother! Did you? Did yeah. you? Probably. But, but that was fantastic food. And and I'm staying at the 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 um, actually this girl's a past student of ours, Natalie Jordy, uh, in a wonderful little hotel. It's not not all that little hotel called Peter and Paul, Saint Pe- Saint Peter and Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, that's absolutely lovely. And again. Um, you know, uh, really, really good things uh, uh, to eat and everything there. So that you know, and of course Doing you have that, the farmers market. How old did you say that you were? How old did you say? Seventy-one. She is oh. going on 70. eighteen. Listen to her list. She is a hip seventy-one-year-old. She's <laughs> staying at Peter and Paul and eating at Molly's Rise and Shine. It just doesn't get hipper than that. The only oh, really am I a hip? That's the good. Only, I like to be hip. Yeah. The only <laughs> thing missing here is the Brennans. <laughs> The Brennans. The, the Brennans. Who are the Brennans? Uh, the, the, the Brennans, uh, the family has uh, sort of the first a long-running uh, uh, culinary, oh, yeah, culinary royalty in, in New yes, Orleans. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Culinary royalty in New Orleans. Uh, it, you ask most people, what's the best restaurant in New Orleans? They'll yes. say Commander's Palace, which is a Brennan-owned family. I see. And, uh, Brennan is an Irish name, by the way. I very know. much so. Very That's Irish. why I brought yes. it up. Yes, yes. good. Uh, but uh, she's, she's hanging out with the hip upstarts. That's, that's that's who. That's yes. where she but it, it's made uh, for uh, a, a little more character going on in a lot of times uh, when some of these uh, Brennan influenced uh, restaurants or cookbooks or all of that comes along. Emerald, uh, you you must have heard about Emerald at one time or another. Emerald Lagasse. Uh, yeah. Yes, of course. I've yeah. Well, he cut his nice. teeth with the Brennans, and oh, so really? he's you know yeah. it, it's quite a yes. Quite and Paul Prudhomme, of course, yeah. I also met yesterday yes. and all of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so back to your story. Back to my story. Back right. to your okay. story. Um, so, basically, this woman who became my mother-in-law, Myrtle Allen, uh, she uh, opened. Uh, their, their, as I said, their own home uh, after the children had gone to uh, boarding school and they, they were rattling around this house with already with 16 bedrooms. She decided she'd oh. start a little <laughs> restaurant and uh, she would just, uh, she had absolutely no training, you know, but she had, again, like my mother, really knew uh, 
um, the uh, importance of feeding the family well and also keeping a good table uh, to invite your fa- your friends and uh, around for supper and uh, for dinner and all that sort of thing. So when she started Bamaloo in, 19, uh, in 1964, she just put a, an, an ad on the local paper saying, come down in a country house with a telephone number. And she had, as I said, no official training whatsoever. So she just wrote the menu every day. At a time when pe- the restaurants opened, they wrote the menu and it was the same 10 years later. So this was considered <laughs> to be incredible. Yeah. And so, but now, uh, and of course she died in her 94th year uh, last year, in fact. And she is iconic. The New York Times wrote uh, her obituary. So did the Washington Post. Uh, so and this woman was a, 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 a farmer's wife, absolutely happy in her own skin, um, knowing the importance of, you know, of course, not only nourishing your own family and, and your friends, but also the value. She knew what we had in Ireland in terms of the quality of the ingredients. And so uh, anyway, nowadays, there's an actual term for all of the things that she did automatically. Of course, she, uh, you know, she she served the food of the farm and the gardens and the local area. And now that's farm to fork. And then there was, you know, everything was cooked from scratch and still is. It was the first country house hotel in the British Isles. And now there are many, many, you would call them inns over here. Mm-hmm. And now there are many, many, many others, of course. And uh, there was zero waste. Uh, she bought what she couldn't produce herself on the farm and in the gardens. She um, let it be known in the area that was there somebody who'd reared ducks for me or chickens or geese or whatever is there and uh, cheesemakers and now we have a, um, a she network. built up a network yeah. of small producers and farmers that yeah. she bought from and we, in excess of 150 people so that's what everybody talks about now and then local children would come with blackberries or slows or damsons and she'd incorporate those into the menu because she was writing the menu every day and then a lot of preserving and of course the zero waste because like my mother waste was not yeah, an no, option yeah. that's stage you just uh, used everything up so we all knew how to use things well and then 1968 this was 19 well and I came to Bamini was 1968 but she had started in 1964 and she said she'd never have more than 20 people. And I remember my husband, who was at boarding school at the time, he, he told me later that they had heard a bit of chat about this uh, idea. And it seemed such a preposterous idea to open <laughs> a restaurant, you know, miles out in the country, away from a central population and so on. And anyway, suddenly they got a letter from their mother at school to say that she'd opened the restaurant. They couldn't wait to get home for the holidays because that was a time when you went to school and, you know, you stayed there all term and just came back at the end of the... Uh, thing and they couldn't wait to get home because they thought she'd be serving you know real proper restaurant food mm-hmm. like mixed grills and steak and chips mm-hmm. and everything like that and when they came home they were disgusted to find that she was serving the guests exactly the same food as she served them but then they were having homemade Jersey ice cream yeah. and you know wonderful food with fresh herbs and lovely fresh fish and all of that sort of thing and but within two years of me coming to Bamaloo and I had, certainly this was not any credit to me and I was the eldest in the kitchen at 19 uh, they had the top rating in the food guides in the British Isles. Mm. And because wow. it was such an extraordinary thing to just serve food. And this was food that, not restaurant food, it was food more like wonderful home, home cooking. Sure, and uh, Only people really good. absolutely <laughs> loved it. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, and of course, it was always such a happy kitchen. There were never any uh, double shifts or anything. So anyway, that's Ballymaloo House. That's the sort of mother house. And uh, still, we you know, there are 30 bedrooms and people... We have people come from all over the world to stay there, and it's really nice because it's absolutely a family 
hotel. Uh, and uh, basically, now the third generation are coming back. People who came were brought as children to Bamlu are bringing their children ah, back uh. and so on. And there's some people coming for over 50 years in a row and the children raced the Santeeper down the farm to play and all of that sort of thing. So, uh, but then we, I married, as I said, the eldest son. Yes, I uh, love that. And, we have to uh, get to that story. Uh, yeah, exactly. So basically, we were, far, we were in horticulture and um, in the late uh, 70s, early 80s, there was sort of, from our point of view, there was a perfect storm. Uh, we had four children by then and we had a big uh, horticultural enterprise which my father-in-law, Ivan Allen, had started. But at that stage in the uh, early, uh, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, labor costs started to rise. There was a big recession in Ireland, 25% inflation. Oh, wow. Uh, and we had uh, then the, we'd gone into the EU. The whole tidal wave of regulation started to pour in about, you know, the straight cucumbers and the this and that and all the rest of it. And uh, also uh, then we had the, the cheap food policy kicked in. So instead of getting more and more for our produce, and we had like five acres of greenhouses, 65 acres of apples. So this is a very big unit, big mushroom farm. Mm. Instead of getting more for them every year, you just got less and less. So um, I, who remember, had no intentions of ever being a, a career woman or anything like that. Actually, suddenly, uh, I remember my, we realized we were going to have to do uh, earn a living in a different way. We'd actually been, um, uh, we'd been um, selling our produce to the wholesalers. That was the way that it was done at that time. And uh, then I remember uh, somebody said, forget about the wholesalers, go to the supermarkets. You know, they're the, one, the, the thing of the future. And I remember um, after, you know, then they always seemed to find some way of not paying you what they said and <laughs> or sending it back and all of the rest of it. It's a way of happening. Uh, it's it? a, it, this yeah. is not an accident. This is, uh, yeah, as you know. But anyway, I remember one day, we used to have a lovely time every morning when my husband came back from Cork. The children were gone to school and we'd have breakfast together. And I remember one day he came into the kitchen door looking even more despondent than ever. And he said, I don't care if I have to crawl on my knees. I'm never doing that again. We have to find another way to earn a living. So he put me out to work so I could cook. And so we started a little cooking school in September 1983. And ah. people, um, and within two years, we had our first American and we had no money to advertise or anything, but we had our first American student. And for now, students come from all over the world and have done forever and ever. Um, the school has been operating, uh, well, since 1983, to do the math, it's nearly 40 years, I suppose. And uh, so at the moment, there are 11 different nationalities at the school. How we many do, people? How many Well, students? 66 students. Oh, wow. And we have one teacher with every six students. It's an on-farm cooking school. So that's the main, in the middle of a 100-acre organic farm. So this is... Do they live on the farm? They live on the farm in, okay. in lots of our converted cottages around the farm. And they come literally because there are 11 nationalities there at the moment, but we've had up to 16 nationalities. And we have... So uh, I must tell you, we have so many romances as well. <laughs> everybody's heart is to the topic. I reckon we're well, better. I reckon we're better than Tinder any day. You're, you're I mean, the original. I, I'm, and I'm sort of not joking in a way about that because it's so lovely. Three different students, past students, brought uh, another student that they'd met on a course. You know, it could have been five or six years earlier. Back to the school this year to propose to them oh, at the school. That's I mean, how sweet is that? That is. Yeah, but anyway, so that's it. The school is in the middle of this. We're so lucky. So we have acres of. We still have an acre of greenhouses. There's like we use like a protected garden. We have our own cows. So Jersey cows. So. Uh, a little small herd of eight or nine cows. So we, the students can learn how to milk the cows, how to make butter, cheese, yogurt. Uh, we have a wonderful bread shed where they learn how to make a real 
um, in a proper natural sourdough and all of that. We do a lot of fermenting, foraging. Um, oh, foraging. Uh, and Ooh. lots of forgotten skills courses like how to cure a pig in a day and make salamis and, chari- and uh, charcuterie oh and everything. How to how build a smoker curriculum? and smoke your own food. The, we, our main courses are three months long. They're, it's uh-huh. like gastro boot camp. But we also do day courses and yeah, weekend say, courses, when short the courses come as well. Over looking for yes. something to do. Or if they, and we do bespoke courses, of course. People bring groups and we can put a combination of of gardening mm-hmm. and uh, and cooking and all of that together. We do sustainable food production courses, uh, which is, uh, so that's all. And then we do days, weekends, weeks, and three months, and we do five-week courses as well. And then also we, um, uh, so th- there's a combination of, and, and, and the students then love it because they can go out with the gardeners in the morning uh, to pick the produce, and they do, or they can go out to the bread shed and, uh, so they and they can go and pick the, you know uh, collect the eggs and bring them in and 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 then they go they're snapped up all over the world uh, they come out and they are go straight into restaurants and catering businesses or write about food or whatever so yeah yeah it's great you know I really really wished that uh, I had the webcam not for Doug's face but for her face because I don't know if you have this experience very often but sometimes you are talking to someone and they just exude I love my life and I love to be around people like that and that's what Darina is it's and oh, and, and who wouldn't I mean listen to what she's talking about Darina Allen is our guest and she's talking about her wonderful life in Ireland please give the websites for the hotel for yes. the school um, well, it's Ballymaloe, B-A-L-L-Y-M-A-L-O-E, and that's uh, ie for Ireland. Mm-hmm. And then our one at the cooking school is cookingisfun.ie. Okay, I'm going to have her write this down. Yes. And if you tune into nomenu.com tomorrow, there'll be a synopsis of the show. And you can listen like we've been doing. And there'll also be links to both of these places for you to look it up. 260-6368, if you have a question for her, I might let you ask it because I'm so fascinated. I just want to hear her talk. Uh, But we will be back after we take a break. If you're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Thank you. Looking uh, around. And uh, just completely um, delighted by what we've had to listen to today. Yeah, th- thank you very much. Darina for, Allen is our to, guest. Yeah. All and the way from Ireland. How long are you to be here in town? I'm just here only, sadly, for two nights. And mm-hmm. then I'm, because I've, I've been in Dallas, actually, for a few days. And I just flew down today. And then I'm going home via New York. And I'll be back home on Saturday. So oh. you've, so when did you leave Ireland? I left Ireland uh, nearly two weeks ago because I was in London to do several events ah, okay. uh, for four days. And then I flew to Dallas and then down here. I'd ne- I've never been to New Orleans before. Oh. And I'm absolutely enchanted I've only been here for a couple of hours Uh, no but I mean um, Natalie whom I'm staying with she actually drove me backwards and forwards through those wonderful tree lined streets with all those timbered houses and all those little porches and verandas with people (laughs) sitting out oh I just no wonder people say New Orleans is so beautiful yeah well, it is. It is the most European city in America, for really? sure. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, mm. and I I have 
been around a little bit. Let's go to Norman. Let's see if Norman has a question for Dorina or a general question because she's she's just here for a little bit. Hi, Norman. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I intruded on y'all. I just want to find out about prime rib and choice and um, that just in, just in general information on what's the difference between choice and um, uh, whatever the other one is. Yeah, uh, here's here's the story. Uh, do you have different cuts of beef? As I'm sure you've recognized, uh, that right. it's used for uh, right off the bat, but th- th- you get different results from different cuts of meat. So, for example, let's say a ribeye or a rib roast is uh, typically going to be uh, a, a less uh, tough sort of meat than you would get from, let's say, an, uh, uh, a New York strip steak. Well. Uh, if you ask me, it's usually the one that's uh, a little on the tougher side that I find uh, uh, more interesting. And really, y- yeah. trust me on that. And uh, it, it, to, the best way to learn about this is to go into the uh, gara- the uh, the butcher shop where you uh, buy your groceries and ask them what. Uh, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to have. Uh, some steaks with bone in, and we're going to serve that with potatoes or whatever. And and the butcher will be able to tell you a lot of variations on that theme and how you can get it different ways depending on what you want. Like, for example, last night uh, we went to, my wife and I over here, we, uh, we went to a restaurant last night that had a lot going on. It's fairly new. It's uh, uh, nice-looking. Uh, the service staff was very good. Uh, the only problem was that when we got to the uh, the beef part of it, and it was a steak, it was really tough. So you had to uh, uh, you had to give that a little bit of. Ex- ex- not everyone likes meat as chewy as Tom does. Yeah, okay. it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. So uh, anyway, if that if that's what you're after, uh, then you can learn it. But if, check in with the the butchers. They give you more information than most people realize or take advantage of. Appreciate it, Tom. Uh, Thank uh, you. And I, I love your guest with the Irish accent. Yes, she's adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. she's a cutie and very articulate, too. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Norman. All right. Um, we're going to talk about um, the importance of teaching children to cook. Mm. Darina passed me a little note saying we've got to talk about that. So let's talk about that. <laughs> right. <All> right. <coughs> Sorry. Well, believe it or not, I've started on another book, even though this one is my 19th. Uh. How many do you crank out in a year? Oh, no, gosh. It took me, a Grow, Cook, Nourish took me three years to, ah, to grow. Okay. Uh, okay. So this one is, uh, this one I did in a year because it's a smaller book. It's about 100 new recipes and they're all new recipes uh-huh. um, for one pot feeds all. But basically, the new book has the, the rough title at the moment is 50 recipes that no kid should be, uh, <laughs> should leave school without being able to do. And I, uh, I yeah, because in, I think it's the same here in the U.S., but certainly in Ireland at this stage, there are in many, uh, many houses there are two and in some cases over here there are now three generations who have never actually oh, yeah. seen left their they've Absolutely. left their houses and their schools without being a, without the yes. basic skills to yes. feed themselves properly and it's an absolute disaster in health terms and socioeconomic terms and basically what's happened is we're you know concentrating on 
the academic subjects and encouraging the children uh, to uh, concentrate on academic subjects rather than uh, learning as well as learning. They, they need as well to learn the practical skills. And so I'm uh, this book anyway, which already my publishers have agreed to uh, publish, although the title might change to something like Ballymaloo Basics. Uh, but basically, I want to get in Ireland, I want to uh, cooking, practical cooking is considered to be a sort of secondary subject, as we mentioned earlier. I want it to be made a primary subject, just like the STEM subjects, so that no child could get a leaving cert or an A-level, or I don't know what you call it here, when you're leaving high school, your exam, without being able to prove that they could cook a certain number of dishes. Because otherwise, you're told, what are we like letting our, we're failing the next generation. Of course we are, but, but we're doing that everywhere in all kinds of ways, and the, they don't feed themselves. Yes, but they Someone can't feed them. They can't feed themselves. <laughs> we eat out every yes, meal. Yes, <laughs> I know. I totally know. But basically, you know, we all know that that food is less likely to be as nutritious or delicious oh, yeah, as something you can make yourself. And it's so easy to cook. Have you ever seen Kraft macaroni and cheese, Darina? No, I don't think so. Oh, you don't. Make sure you don't ever see Kraft <laughs> macaroni. Yes, but it's so easy to make. That would be one <laughs> of the... One of the things, mac, mac and cheese would definitely be one of the things. Okay, you yeah. have to go to the store while you're here. I don't think I need to, do I? Craft, no, you, just, just to give you an idea of what sort of uphill battle you're going to have with this yes. concept, go get a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese. This is what American kids grow up on. I, I know that, but it's a crisis. Oh, it is. In oh, our country, absolutely. in your country. And many people absolutely. in this country, including my friend Alice Waters from Shape and East in Berkeley in California, who has the edible schoolyard, are doing a lot to... To, uh, to, to uh, get cooking re-embedded in the curriculum again and in every single subject. And the kids absolutely oh, love sure they learning do. how to cook. Yeah, and sure. otherwise, they're totally dependent on other people for absolutely. what they eat, exactly absolutely. like you say, and yeah. so on. And so it's something we absolutely must reverse. So anyway, if I'm to leave any it's kind of... It's a noble venture. Of, I wish you luck with it. Yes. Well, if I'm to leave any kind of legacy, and I've been involved in a lot of different campaigns and things in Ireland. You know, I started the first farmer's market in Ireland about 28 Where or was 30. it? It was in Cork City originally, actually, in the Cold Key, but now there are about 160 in Ireland. And, you know, also I was involved in the campaign for to save people's right uh, to actually uh, have raw milk if they wanted it. Oh, good. Yes, and uh, that we also, uh, it's been very successful. Uh, and I mean, anybody who wants pasteurized, homogenized milk can get it in any uh, gas mm -hmm. station or whatever, anywhere. But these are various things. But anyway, uh, if I'm to, this, if I'm to leave any legacy, I would love it to be that I have got cooking re-embedded in the curriculum so the children can literally and grow up to be a different kind of citizens to shop in a different way to uh, you know to honor and and uh, to realize the to work. what it means to be human <laughs> yes and and to go uh, that's where the word humus comes from isn't it not hummus but humus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not hummus it's hummus uh, yes well basically <laughs> compost then goes to the humus stage but anyway uh, so and kids absolutely learn love to to be able to cook and it's so look at what's happened, you know, with the whole health thing. None of us can fund our health services. And so, so many mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers and everybody around the world really want this again. We realize we've made a terrible mistake by just concentrating 
only on the academic subjects. And then we're we're going right into the hands of the supermarkets and the multinational food companies. You know, we can't expect them to have our, our best interests at heart, our health and so no, on. No, we can't. Their, their responsibility is to their shareholders, basically. Sure. So anyway, but there you are. That's my, I'm on a mission. You're, you're I'm on a box. mission to do that. But there are many, many others uh, in Ireland who are working towards this as well. But they told me it's trying to, like, trying to turn a line around because the Minister for Education, they told me that basically it would take five years to change the curriculum. There's still, if you don't mind, there's a question in the exam which says about what's better for you, low fat or, you know, wonderful, natural, real butter. And you know how good our butter is in Ireland. I think you can get Kerrygold all over the place over yes, here. Yes, correct. Uh, but basically, uh, they, they're doing a lot of advertising over here now. People are really good, knowing what Kerrygold is. But it's fantastic is. quality butter uh, because you know our, in there Ireland, is a huge can, difference in European yeah, butter. Yeah, well, folks. we can grow grass like nowhere else in the world in Ireland, uh, and so our, our dairy do. products, our beef and our lamb. And this is the wonderful thing. Now I have to say this as well because you started off by saying, you know, uh, or maybe it was off the air. You know, Ireland is not known for its food. That's uh, right. Well, certainly, when well, that <laughs> is the rumor that has been going around for a long time but yeah any, but anybody who experiences up up close and, yes. and walks away saying the food there is it's terrific. fantastic yeah. absolutely yeah. and you see we're so lucky in Ireland because we have this really we have wonderful produce we have a lot of rich fertile soil we have uh, you know the whole we're an island nation so we have all of that coastline very good it's fish so and everything yes. and yes and so yeah so basically when people come to Ireland now it's not just for the beautiful landscape and the friendly people and chatty people and all of that it's because they can also have delicious food so uh, food there are all you know are there's a whole new campaign now about taste the island so all where you can find places all over the thing from well, the little pubs etc pardon i love your guinness oh yeah but we've got <laughs> lots more than guinness and lots of craft breweries and and uh, lovely little cafes and yeah. and then there are food trails you can go on like if, if you're interested in food you can visit lots of the producers we've wonderful cheeses artisan uh, cheeses and wonderful smoked fish and of course our salmon and all of that so yeah so we can have to get rid of this idea that uh, ireland is just the land of corned beef and cabbage it's we have i love corned beef yeah. Cabbage, yeah, I do too. But uh, <laughs> there are many Irish people who don't eat it from one end of the decade to the other. Uh, but okay, there you now are. let me ask you really quick before you go because we're running out of time. Yes, uh, for people who are traveling to Ireland who oh, yeah. obviously should yes. definitely check out your places, but uh, if you're just going to Dublin for a couple of days, mm -hmm. uh, what restaurants do you like there? Oh, Dublin is absolutely hopping. It really is. I love, there's a restaurant there called Eto. I also love uh, Forest Avenue and Forest and Marcy. There's a little tiny one called Assassination Custard uh, that just has two tables and it's only open between 12 and 3, uh, six days a week. I love that too. Uh, but yeah, there's a really good thing. But what I do want to say, if people are coming to Ireland and they're down in the Cork area, in East Cork, where we are at Ballymaloo, the afternoon cookery classes are open to the public every day. So you can just come in and sit in on a cookery class and uh, a, a wonderful demonstration. And uh, then also our gardens are open to the public as well. And the farm, the whole farm is an open farm, an organic farm that you can wander around. We have farm walks and things for the children that can feed the hens and do all sorts of things like that. So people can just come by for an afternoon, any time of the thing. And they can look online, www.cookingisfun.com ie and see what we're uh, we're uh, teaching on any one of those days and we also do if people want to bring groups we do bespoke 
uh, courses for them, a little combination of cooking and it could be, you know, showing the kids how to sow seeds and or how to grow something. And, you know, or a whole lovely combination how they might like to help to make butter or that kind of thing. There are lots of different options. Okay, also before you go, I need to hear the story of how you got your MRS degree. That's what we call it in the United What's States. What's an MRS degree? Uh, see, this is so, this is goes back. I have know. no degrees. I have no, 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 no. The yeah. MRS is Mrs. the Mrs. degree. So you said you were looking when you were in school and yes. the nuns kept shifting you over into all yes. this math and science yes. and all you wanted to do was find a good man and yes, get and be a homemaker. So, yeah. so you stumbled on him when you went down yes. to the cooking school so yes. how did that happen i just want to hear your love story uh, well ah. ba- uh, well basically uh, I mean, i'm a chick what can uh, i say on the Go very ahead. first day actually he was the first person i met when i came to ballymaloo uh he ran up from the beginnings of a golf course at that time and said are you the person who's coming to help i, th- I thought he's cute you know that's it he, <laughs> he had long hair and at a time when most right. people you know had Didn't short hair uh-huh. and i thought he looked very cool and everything and uh uh, but he was smaller than me. Actually, he grew after we got married. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that all that summer, you know, he was always really sweet and nice to me. But he had one girlfriend after the other all oh, summer. No. And in the winter, there was nobody else around much. So there you are. <laughs> and I, so you saw your I chance I fully you believe in the way to everybody's heart is through their tummy. Uh-huh. So I used to cook the family supper every evening as well, or a lot of the time. And mm. uh, we always would have fun. So that was terrific. Well, we've been, if, if, he, can, if he can stick me for another couple of years, we'll be married. Married, uh, we got married in 1970. We'll be married oh, 50 years. So That's we'll, all. Huh? We'll hang on in there and see what happens. <laughs> okay. And so now the kids are involved in some way or another oh, yes. in this empire. Uh, lots of, well, the Ballymaloo uh, house, uh, the, the inn and everything, is a, it's always been a family business. Mm-hmm. And so there are many members of the family involved in that. My uh, eldest son's wife, Rachel Allen, her programs, the television programs are shown over here. Uh, as are my brothers, Rory O'Connell, who co-founded the school with me. Uh, they're shown so on they're in uh, PBS. America, yeah, PBS. PBS. Uh-huh. And uh, so my eldest son, he kind of manages Rachel, his uh, Rachel Allen, his wife, mm-hmm. who writes cookbooks too. And then Toby, the second one, is uh, he is the general manager at the school with us. And uh, then our two daughters, uh, they are uh, they just look after their children. And when they at the moment and uh, they love doing that. And then when the children have gone to school and so on. Then they will pick up their career. One of them is a la- one of our daughters is a a, 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 um, a portrait painter actually, and uh, the other one actually has done horticulture. So my husband has lots of uh, hope that she will come in and help him uh, on the farm and gardens as well. Because we've, as I said, we have extensive farm and gardens that are also open to the public. Okay, and the grandkids are also the getting grandkids into this are, now. We have grandkids from twenty down to three and the youngest one Jago loves tractors and diggers and so on uh, so we're hoping that he might we be we know the, how that goes what about the other ones are they getting <laughs> well, into the, this, the other ones the are well, all, all of them story? can all Gosh. of the, the bigger ones can cook and they'll all do the 12 week course and so on so one of them sings actually do you know who's uh, my cousin is Ronan Tynan you know the one of the Irish tenors you may not know his name, but he just sing, sings over here and, and mm-hmm. so on as well. Anyway, they are, they're all, you see, they're quite young a lot of them. They're mm-hmm. still at school, mm-hmm. but they um, one of them writes her own songs. And well, it sounds like Willow you've got does. quite a few legacies going already. <laughs> all right, so you've got another minute and a half. What's the message that you want to leave us with? Well, now, what I'm... I, what I'm trying to say is my one of the books I wrote was called Grow, Cook, Nourish 
three years work went into that book and it's probably the most important book I'll ever write and what I was saying to people uh, to uh, say is for goodness sake let's wake up and and take back control over our food the most important thing in our to do with our health and everything else as well and uh, I, so I was just saying if you can at all here you certainly could in in, um, in in New Orleans and I'm sure many people are start to grow something yourself even on your windowsill or in your backyard or whatever at least you know what's not in it you know, you know there are no oh, totally chemicals agree. and so on. And totally the agree. satisfaction of sowing a seed and waiting for it to grow into something you can eat. And it's, you know, it just transforms everything. It's a cycle everything. of life. And it's ki- the fundamental exactly. cycle and of kids, life. And kids, if you plant seeds with children, yes. they will eat everything. Absolutely yes. everything. As well as that, with radishes, you eat the radish, you eat the leaves, of course, as well. With the beets, you have three vegetables rather than one. And, you know, if you eat, if you grow something yourself, I can tell you, you'll eat it slowly. You'll want everybody to know you grew it. And as well as that, you realize how long it takes for something to grow. Like, uh, it takes three months for, you know, from the time you plant a carrot the seed of a carrot until you can eat it and then they they have suddenly they have a whole different attitude to food and they want to hug every farmer they see it's a fundamental Fundamental concept of life all right we are out of time thank you so much for coming Doreen Allen I'm I'm so glad that you came I mean I just found out that you were here a couple of days ago and I said yes let's have her in and and I well, really, I really invited you because I wanted to talk about my own experience in Ireland. But I just, I have nothing to say. I just want to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you for coming thank and you have both. a nice trip very, back. Very much. And thank I, you. I totally admire you. Thank you. That's it for us. The end. We will talk tomorrow. Uh, actually, we I will. will be here tomorrow all by myself with Gregory tasting Beaujolais Nouveau. WWL 105.3 FM HD2 New Orleans. It's coming up on five o'clock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.